This morning, I want to talk to you about affliction. <laughs> I already heard an oh dear. <laughs> but there is a good thing about affliction. Because the scriptures talk to us about help for afflicted people. I don't know about you, but as I was reading this week, actually my next three messages are going to be about the life of Moses. And so this morning I want to talk to you where he talks about affliction. So in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 1 is where we're going to start this morning talks about one of the greatest miracles in the Old Testament. It's one of the greatest miracles in the Old Testament because we see the deliverance of Israel from Egypt accomplished by the, the, by, by the blood of the Passover lambs. But it pictures the Lord's coming. God calls Moses for this task and how he calls him is very unique. But God comforts Moses concerning his people. See, they're in a very rough situation. Let's, let's read here in, in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, I am he. I am here. And he said, draw not nigh hither, but put off thy shoes off thy feet, for the place wherein thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring up out of that land unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto a place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Persiites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of thy children Israel, it is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherein the Egyptians oppressed them. For my people, oh, no, I'm sorry, verse 10. Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, 
that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, that I should bring forth the children out of children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. And where thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you speak clearly to us. And Lord, this morning I pray that your word again speak boldly to our hearts. In Jesus' name. God calls Moses for a task. The burning bush is not consumed. He speaks of eternal, of of our eternal self-sufficient God. Moses is afraid. There's a lot of things going on in this passage of Scripture that we read. But what does God say in in charge of this? In verse 7, he says, I have seen the affliction of my people. Nothing escapes his view. There's no place to hide from God. Matter of fact, this week, if you have time, I want you to read Psalms 139. Psalms 139 talks about no place to hide from God. You see, things you thought didn't matter, matter. The people, these children of Israel, have been in Egypt for a long time. And they've been crying out to God for a long time. And I'm sure that they were getting to the point that they didn't think that God was ever going to hear them. But God hears them. Let me give you a little nugget of truth this morning, a little nugget that you can chew on this week. No matter how small or how large your problems may be, they matter to your king. It doesn't matter how small they are or how large they are. It matters to Jesus. When you begin to talk to Jesus, it matters to him. You see, I see a tender gaze here. You see, because he sees your heartaches. He sees your tears. He sees your burdens. He sees your ills, your grief, your worry, your despair. Jesus sees it all. And he cares about it all. You see, the fact is, Jesus loves his own and he longs to carry your burdens. He longs to carry your afflictions. But you have to let him do that. So many times we say, well, I don't want to give this to the Lord. It wasn't his problem. He didn't cause this to happen. He didn't make me do this or he didn't make me do that. So I'll just have to deal with it on my own. He didn't make Karen's battery go dead. But it did. And he knew what she was able to do. And he got her through it, step by step. Of course, she called Tom and and they moved forward. Mom came over and held the umbrella because the sun was hot to keep her in the shade. God cares about those things. God cares about how we help one another. 
how we reach out to one another. But let me ask you a question this morning. Will you let him carry your burdens? Will you let him carry your worry, your heartaches, your ills? So many of us don't want to. But I'm telling you, if you will just learn, lay, just lay it at God's feet, he will do so much for you. He says, I've heard their cry. He has heard your cries. He has, he has heard when you are hurting. He has heard when you are, are in pain. He, he sees when you're suffering. When I begin to think of the children of Israel and I begin to think of my own suffering, not being able to sleep good at night, I lay on the wrong side and I'm reminded that it's the wrong side to lay on. And I have to get up and go sleep on the couch. Because see, on the couch you can't turn. If you turn, you fall on the floor. I think somehow, subconsciously, your body is aware of that. So when you fall asleep on the couch, you stay in one position. And it works for me. And so I don't fall on the floor. So I'll sleep out there for three or four hours. And then I'll go back to bed and I don't know why I don't stay there. The light switch just doesn't work very well. But because I'll go back to bed and I'll lay there for like an hour to go back to sleep. Only to sleep for about an hour, hour and ten minutes to roll on the wrong side again and have to get back up. And to go take some Tylenol, go back to bed, be there for a couple hours and wake back up. Now, common sense would say, stay on the sofa. See, because you're not going to turn, you're not going to roll onto that side, you're going to stay sleeping, right? Well, you know, when you're tired, the brain doesn't think properly. But he says to Moses, I have heard their cry. Consider the life of an Israelite working under unbearable conditions. And I was thinking about this, I was thinking about what Karen was describing to me about, I hate to pick on her this morning, but it's her birthday tomorrow. And she said, oh, I was under there and I was sweating bullets. And mom was holding the umbrella to try to keep her in the shade and, and it's hot. It's hot outside right now. People said, well, it's a dry heat. I don't care what kind of heat it is. It's hot. Dry heat. What's that mean anyway? I'm still trying to figure that one out. Is there, is there such thing as a wet heat? I don't know. Maybe. Like when it rains and it stops real quick and the humidity just, whoosh, just shoots through the roof. They are... Working under unbearable conditions. Their children are born to die at the king's command. Do you realize the average age of a man living in Egypt under those conditions didn't live much past 40 years old? Because their bodies have become so weak and wore out. Just that fast. There were more women than there were men. They were discouraged people. They were discouraged people of God. 
crying out to God in prayer on a continual basis. We cry out to God, don't we? On a continual basis, asking for things. And we continue to cry out. They cry out in prayer. And I'm sure some of them were saying, what's the use? We've been crying out to God over and over and over and over. And he doesn't hear us. He's turned a deaf ear to us. I'm sure this is what they were thinking. Matter of fact, it seemed like the more they prayed, the worse things got. You ever had a prayer situation like that? You've been praying for something. The more you prayed for it, the more down it started going instead of more up. I've had those situations. And I'm like, wait a minute, am I praying wrong? Am I saying the wrong thing? Am I, am I not supposed to pray this way? Maybe I'm supposed to pray a different way. Maybe I'm supposed to pray like this. I don't know. You know, I know this, that God hears our prayers. He says he hears our prayers. He has promises for us. So when you pray, he does hear you doesn't mean he's gonna you're gonna get the answer you want immediately or the response that you're seeking right away but it will come because he promises if he can say to Moses for the children of Israel I have heard their cries I have seen their afflictions by the way of the taskmasters can you imagine being beaten by a whip every single day just to get you going I couldn't picture that But this was their life. God hears. Matter of fact, in Psalms 34, 4, I think it's what it was. I think that's where I put it. 34, 4, it says this. I have sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. Thus, poor man cried in verse 6. Thus the poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. This is what the psalmist is saying here. You see, he hears us. And he's telling us through the word of God over and over and over. He understands our trials and truth. Matter of fact, he's made a way of escape for you. Why is that? Because he's gone through it with you. God hears. I so many times we don't think God hears us because we didn't get the response we wanted to get. So many times we got to understand that when we're speaking to God, He hears. And when we ask for something, be prepared for what He's going to tell you. You know why people don't hear God? Because they don't want to hear what He has to say. God may tell you to do something in order to get something. And you don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear what God has to say about that, do you? No. Can't he just give it to me, no strings attached? He knew their sorrows. God measured all their tears. He knew every strike of every hip, uh, uh, from every whip that, that was taken by the Egyptians. He knew the pain at the end of their day. He knew all about their sorrows. 
Matter of fact, the word reminds us that Jesus came as the man of sorrows to save us. I'm so thankful today that Jesus came to save us from our sorrows. I know there are times in our lives that we... Now, I'm going to get myself in trouble here, so this is the part of the sermon. Virginia, plug your ears. We get in trouble. We've had troubles. We know what sin is all about. Anybody in this room ever not committed a sin? I just want to see, just to make sure I'm not talking to you this morning. We're all, we all have come from sin, a life of sin. We've all, we all weren't born. Uh, uh, first thing out of the womb, we said, Jesus, come into our heart and our life and save us. None of us did that. Although it would have been much easier. But we've all done things that we weren't happy about. And you know, when we ask Jesus Christ into our heart, all those things were removed. All those things were washed away by the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. That blood that was shed from the cross atoned for your sins. And to think this morning, and I can think back of things that I did before I became a Christian before I asked the Lord Jesus into my heart. And I, and sometimes my mind goes there without me even wanting to go there. You ever had that happen? Just go there like... I'm reminded every time I talk to my sister on the phone, my older sister, and I keep thinking she's going to bring up that incident. But since my wife talked to her a while back when she brought up the hot dog incident and my wife said, yeah, but look what, look what he's become now. She's never brought it up again. And I'm so thankful for that. But sometimes I have her on the phone and I just think it's going to come. It's like the anticipation of Christmas. I'm waiting for that package to explode right in front of me. But the Lord says, I have come down to deliver them. Now the compassion of God becomes action. He's heard their cries. He's seen their sorrows. He's seen their tears. And he's seen all that they've gone through. And now he says, I've come to deliver them. All of this came to Moses from a bush that was on fire and speaking to him. I don't think there's one person in this room who would have stood there as that bush began to talk as it was on fire. You would have scattered. I would have. A talking bush that's on fire, I would have thought it was the devil. I'm out of here. And you know what? God knew that with Moses. Moses grew up in the palace. He didn't have to work like his, his relatives and his family. 
He grew up in a great surrounding. But he will deliver them from slavery to freedom. He's going to bring them to a land flowing with milk and honey. And he's going to take us to a place that is more beautiful than the eye can even imagine. Because he says, I've gone to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. He's going to prepare a place for us. He's going to deliver us. You see, Jesus came down to free us from sin's bondage. You know what it was like to be in bondage? But as this conversation is going on in this burning bush, Moses is talking and thinking, what's going to happen here? And Moses says unto God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? (coughs) I'm nobody great. God speaking to Moses out of this burning bush, he's thrilled. You would be thrilled if God was taking time to talk to you personally in an audible voice, wouldn't you? Honestly. You would be thrilled. You'd be like, I'm talking to God. God's talking to me personally. And then it becomes personal. And he's chilled. Who am I? Who am I, God, that you would send me? (coughs) So many times, church, God has called us to go. God has told us to do things, and we've questioned it. And we've said, God, who am I that I should do this? Aren't there younger people out there able to go and do these things? Aren't there other people who have more free time than me? This is the kind of response we give to them. Instead of just saying, okay, Lord, I'm ready, I'll go. We throw up all the questions and all the why nots. Why we can't. Why we shouldn't. You see, I think it's this simple. Maybe I'm off somewhere. I don't know. But I think it's very simple. I think we need to let God use us to bring others to the freedom in Christ. He's not asking you to be their pastor. He's not even asking you to call them on a daily basis and see if they're still walking in the faith. He's wanting you to lead them to the cross. God will take care of the rest. You don't have to worry about cleaning up their life. Jesus is going to do that. You don't have to worry about their financial situation. God will provide for them. You see, church, sometimes I think we get so wrapped up in, well, if I go and talk to them and I get them saved, then I'm, then I'm going to be responsible to care for them but you're not responsible to care for them. God is responsible for them. But you're responsible to get them to the cross. 
He's called you to go. Don't say I can't do it. Don't say I'm too busy. Because God can make you unbusy. And that's not a healthy thing. I remember when I was called to ministry and I kept telling Virginia, I don't have time. I don't have time. She said, well, why don't you just start one course at a time? I don't have time. I've got this to do and I've got that to do. And a car accident took me out of work for a whole year. I remember that third or fourth week of being out of work from that car accident. Virginia said, oh, well, you don't have anything to do. Here's, here's your books. God must have spoke to her because she ordered a whole year at one time. I'm like, what did God tell her? That he didn't tell me. You see, he did tell me. But I ignored it. I knew what I was supposed to do, but I put it off. And I kept putting it off. And finally, I put it off to the point where Jesus said, okay, you keep saying you want to do this. Well, let me help you out. Let me just say this. When God's in it, you don't have to worry anything else about it. We're, we're fairly newly married. I think we were married three years at the time. Something like that. When this happened. We had a home that we were buying. So imagine being out of work for a year. Who makes those mortgage payments? But in that three years prior to that, my wife must have got some knowledge from God or something. And she had been paying extra on our mortgage payment every month. That when I was out of work for that whole year, we didn't have to make a year's worth of mortgage payments because they were already paid. You see, God knows what he's doing. And he knows what he wants you to do. And I'm telling you, we have to be prepared for those things. Be prepared that God is going to call you. Be prepared with your answer. And I pray that it's the right answer. Because the wrong answer could be a little rougher. You know, God, God will get our attention. Sometimes not the way we want. But he'll get it. Because God's way is always the best way. No matter what. Moses didn't want to go talk to Pharaoh. Who am I that you should send me? Remember, Moses had a stuttering problem. He had a speech impediment. He didn't want to go. But God chose him to go. I look at it this way. If God can make animals speak, I'm going to listen. And I'm going to go. Because he can make you talk like a donkey. God can do anything. Could you imagine going down the street, trying to talk to somebody? That'd be terrible. But God can do that. I just am, I'm amazed even today 
that he can make a donkey talk like a human. It got their attention. God can do anything. Father, I thank you this morning that you are able to do anything. Lord, I thank you for the life of Moses. Lord, I thank you that that he didn't walk away from that burning bush, but Lord, he turned to it and he yielded to the Holy Spirit. Lord, he prepared his heart to do that which you've called him to do, and that was to go forward. Lord, I pray this morning that you would prepare our hearts, Lord, to go forward and to reach those who don't know you. To reach into the communities that we live in and and bring them to Christ. Lord, I know it's not always comfortable. And it's not the thing some of us want to do. But Lord, you have called us to do these things. And Lord, our time is short. And the work and the task is large. Help us, I pray, Lord, to do that what you've called us to do. Lord, help us to have ears to hear and a heart to obey. And we'll give you the glory and the honor and the praise this morning for this in Jesus' name. Amen.